We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Yeah, not too bad. Hanging in there. Got a, uh, you know, a lot of lot of MLB games that are in action right now. So it's a it's a good time of year. A little MLB action, little NBA action. Got a little Masters golf action to worry about for for you. Thursday. So, you know, a lot of things to play here. I like it. I like it. Yeah, I'm just pumped that baseball back, man. It, it felt like forever since the last season ended. So. Nice to have games back, and speaking of which, this is the podcast for Thursday, April 7th, a uh, uh, slate of 10 games today, so not a full slate, Benny, but still more than enough action to, to get some games in. Uh, let's run through the slate real quick, and then we'll, we'll break down game by game with some of our best plays. Uh, Phillies Reds is going to start the day off in Cincinnati at 1235, so make sure you get those early lineups in, that's an early start. Uh, following that, 335 out in Oakland, the White Sox taking on the Athletics. Uh, excuse me, the pitching matchup in the first game was Charlie Morton uh, versus Robert Stevenson. Uh, White Sox Athletics is Matt Latos taking on the one, the only Kendall Graveman. Uh, exciting stuff there, Benny. Uh, let's head out to New York as the Houston Astros will take on the Yankees at 405. Mike Fires versus Nate Eovaldi there. Uh, and then heading down to Washington, uh, right down 95 there, uh, at 405 as well, we've got the Marlins in Washington taking on the Nationals, Adam Conley taking on Tanner Roark. 
and then one more afternoon game for you. Uh, L.A. Dodgers in San Francisco taking on the Giants. Uh, Alex Wood against Jake Peavy there. Then moving on to the night slate, early night game to start off a 6-10 start in Cleveland with the Red Sox heading to take on the Indians. Joe Kelly versus Danny Salazar there. Uh, and then the rest of the night slate, 7.05, Minnesota in Baltimore, taking on the Orioles, Phil Hughes versus Ubaldo Jimenez. Uh, and then the Chicago Cubs head out to Arizona for a night tilt at 9.40. Uh, the the unaged, it seemed, the forever aging John Lackey uh, taking on Rubby De La Rosa. And then rounding out the night at 10.05, the Texas Rangers head into Anaheim to take on the Los Angeles Angels. Derek Holland against Hector Santiago in a, uh, a lefty matchup there. So, uh, Benny, a lot of action today. Let, let's start it off right at the top. That that Phillies Reds game, not a not a particularly exciting game. Two teams that are likely to be at the uh, bottom of the standings come the end of the season, but certainly some DFS action here. What, what do you like in this game? Well, Charlie Morton uh, struggles with left-handed bats throughout his career, so. I think if you're looking at the guys on Cincinnati side, a guy like Joey Votto makes some sense. You know, Jay Bruce is a guy that I really only use in tournaments because if he gets a hold of one and he does hit a home run, he's pretty cheap. He can get you a big score. But he's just as likely to go out and have one of those 0 for 3 kind of games that he has. You know, you can look at the guys up at the top of that order for the Reds. Um, Zach Cozart, Eugenio Suarez, both right-handed hitters. They're pretty cheap. Really, the only guy that I that I like in this game a lot on the Cincinnati side is pretty much Joey Votto. So I have no problem having shares of him. He's a guy that had a you know 430 WOBA, 250 ISO score against right-handed pitching last year. So he's definitely in play to me. But outside of him, you know, I I'm not a big fan of Morton, but I really don't see a lot of guys that profile as guys that you really want to go and attack them with. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, you know, Morton, obviously, ground ball pitcher. That is a, a ballpark where you're looking for some home run power. Uh, I, I totally agree. Vado's really the only red that I'm interested in. Uh, I do like a couple Phillies on the other side, though. Uh, you look at Michael Franco, probably one of the higher-priced third basemen, but not the top of the ladder. Uh, actually hit righties better than lefties last season, 844 mm-hmm. OPS as opposed to 825. Uh, you know, Stevenson is raw, not particularly scary. Again, good ballpark. Uh, so I like Franco. I think he might be a guy to pay for. And uh, I also like a potentially cheap outfielder in Odebel Herrera. Herrera actually batting in the three-hole for the Phillies yesterday. So, you know, you got to like that lineup position. Uh, was better against right-handers last year, a 776 OPS, batted 298 against them. Nothing great, nothing exciting, but, you know, Herrera will get on base, maybe score a run or two, and, and will run as well. Did have uh, 16 steals last season. So uh, I kind of like a, a Herrera as a potential cheaper outfield option there. Yeah, I like Herrera, and I also like the guy on the top of that order in Cesar Hernandez. You know, I, I'm probably one of the biggest Cesar Hernandez fans you're going to find out there, especially on some of these sites, because his game is basically getting on first base and then running. He basically steals every time he gets on first base. So if you get a guy that can get on first base, either a walk or a hit, and he steals second, and then somebody knocks him in and he scores a run, he's given you you know, 10 points, right? 10 fantasy points right there and one at bat. A lot of times, if you look at his price, this is a guy that's priced down in like the $3,000 range on, you know, whatever site that you happen to be playing on. 
So if you can get that from him, you're getting three to four times value out of him in one at-bat if he hits a single, steal second, and winds up coming around to score. So he's always a guy that's interesting to me. I, I use him a lot in cash games, and it uh, seemed to work out pretty well for me last season. So I'm willing to go back to it with him as well. Yeah, I like that call. Obviously, stolen bases worth two points in FanDuel scoring, so that's, that's really helpful in that format. Uh, moving on, another, and, and should have said this at the top, but it's a brutal day for pitching, Benny. I mean... There, yeah. is, there is not a lot of ace action on the board. Uh, we'll get to, to potentially really the only potential high-end pitcher on the board in a little bit. But uh, let's set out for the 335 game out in Oakland, uh, 335 East Coast. Uh, the White Sox heading there. Matt Latos trying to maybe recapture some of the form of glory. And, and first, Kendall Graveman, who... You know, had some some decent spots last year, but really is is not intimidating. Uh, who stands out to you in this matchup? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of, of Graveman, so I think you can definitely try to pick on him in this in this situation. Uh, Adam Eaton at the top of that order for the Chicago White Sox, left-handed bat to go up against Graveman, I think is a, a pretty good guy. Uh, Jose Abreu hits very well in righty on righty situations. So you're going to have Abreu had a 384 Woba last year, had a pretty high, I think he had about a 240 ISO score um, in righty-on-righty situations. You know, Graveman, like we said, not really somebody that we're scared of. So Eaton and Abreu are the two guys that I'm really looking at on the Chicago side. For the athletics, I, I don't really know. I mean, there's not much that I love in this lineup. You've been getting Jed Lowry hitting up towards the top of it, so he he's a little bit interesting. I'm going to be happy that they have a righty on the mound because that gets Josh Reddick back in the lineup. I think he's like the one big bat that this uh, Oakland team has. He had been hitting in the three-hole against, um, you know, left. basically they've seen nothing but lefties, which is why he's had a, a tough start to the season. You know, they started off with Chris Sale. Uh, they're getting uh, Carlos Rodon tonight. Um, I think they had another lefty yesterday. I'm trying to remember who else it was in the middle of Oh, Quintana. Jose Quintana went up yesterday for for the White Sox against the A's. So, you know, seeing nothing but lefties is not really the splits that you want with uh, Josh Reddick. But now that there's a righty on the mound, I think Reddick is definitely somebody who comes back into play. Also think Steven Vogt, uh, especially where he's still catcher eligible, will be a sneaky play that you can look for tomorrow. Even if they have him at first base, I'd much rather use him on whatever fantasy sites you're playing where he's a, a catcher eligible player. Uh, but I think he's another guy who's uh, you know left-handed bat hits right-handed pitching pretty well. So basically, Lowry, Reddick, and uh, Vote are three guys that I'm looking at for the Oakland side of this game. Yeah, I had uh, Eaton as one of my my really good plays as well. I think obviously he runs as well at the top of that lineup against Graveman, um, and, and I also like Vote as well. Uh, I'll throw uh, two more names from this game at you. Uh, Jimmy Rollins at shortstop will be very very uh, cheaply priced. Uh, run a little bit, you know, nothing special, but against Graveman, maybe a decent low end option if you want to take a risk at shortstop on someone who maybe has a little talent left in the tank. Uh, but my, my favorite play from the game is actually Billy Burns. You know, lefty-righty matchup, uh, you know, has shown that he gets on base, is going to run at 39 steals last year. Uh, I think Billy Burns has a really nice chance to, to get on base against Leto and, and come around and score some runs and maybe pick up some steals. So I think Billy Burns could be a nice option there as well. Uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, heading to New York, the New York Yankees hosting the Houston Astros. Uh, Mike Fires versus Nate Eovaldi again, another 
unexciting pitching matchup, Benny, but that probably means some opportunity on the offensive side. Who are you looking at? Yeah, I mean, Carlos Correa has been absolutely on fire. I mean, even as we record this right now, he started off the game Wednesday night with a home run in the first inning after having one the day before, too, off of uh, Tanaka. I think he hit one off of. Yeah, so. and had a, had a couple steals as well chipped in. Yeah, I mean, he is just one of the best young players. Not even best young shortstops, just one of the best young players, bats, period, that we have in the league. So his price on the, on the sites is actually not as high as I thought. I thought he would be you know, the number one most expensive shortstop by by a wide margin. And he's actually been sitting like two or three with other guys ahead of him. So I'm still willing to roll him out there. So far, he's worked out really well for me at the beginning of this season. And then against Nathan Eovaldi, you usually want to target the left-handed bats. So, you know, Colby Rasmus is pretty cheap on most sites. Basically, he's the cleanup hitter for the Astros right now. Left-handed bat playing at Yankee Stadium with that short porch in right field. So he's in play. Uh, Luis Valbuena, another left-handed bat, first, second, third base eligible, depending on what site he's in play. Uh, Preston Tucker, another left-handed bat, same thing there. Um, I think Jason Castro is starting tonight, so I don't know if we're going to get him out there at catcher tomorrow, but he's another left-handed bat, so you know he's somebody else in there. Really, my top play is probably Correa. I like Rasmus batting in the four spot. You know, you're getting Valbuena in the six hole, so I guess he would be the the only other guy there. I try not to put too many guys batting sixth or lower into my lineup. Sixth is kind of my cutoff. If the guy's in the sixth spot and it's a good matchup, I'll take him. So, like I said, probably Correa, Rasmus, and Valbuena on the uh, on the Houston side. Yeah, I think those are the I mean, Correa is just insane. I totally agree with you. I think that, you know, I hate when people compare, uh, you know, Mike Trout and, and Bryce Harper to, to other past prospects and stuff because – they're generational guys. There is no comps, really. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think if there's anyone else in baseball who has a chance to be that type of player, it's Korea. So I think you just pay up for that guy. Uh, you know, you build teams around him, and he's clearly going to put up numbers, you know, more often than not. So I like that play. Uh, another higher-end play, but still not outrageously priced. If you looked at the pricing yesterday, only around 3400 on FanDuel. Carlos Gomez going up against Ivaldi uh, has historically hit uh, right-handed pitching a little bit better than lefty. Not historically, last season, excuse me. But, um, you know, Gomez looked good yesterday, hit a homer two days ago, seems to be physically healthy. And I think he's kind of one of those guys who, you know, he was a first-round pick in, in year-long leagues last year and then, and then deals with the injuries, gets traded uh, someone who could have a nice bounce back, kind of undervalued year this year. Uh, so I like him in this matchup. Uh, also, if you're going to pay up a catcher, he, he's probably going to be the top catcher. But uh, I think McCann against the righty and fires in that ballpark, you know, the lefty power is, is a nice play as well there. Uh, all right. Uh, rounding out our day games. Oh, excuse me. Two more day games. Let's head down 95, going from New York, heading to D.C., the nation's capital. Uh, Adam Conley, the lefty, versus righty Tanner Roark. Again, ugly matchup on the pitching end, Benny. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm looking at guys that I want to target here, and I really wish that the two pitchers were switched because there are a lot of lefties on the Nationals that I've been, you know, enjoying using against right-handed pitching. And there's a couple righties on the Marlins that I wouldn't mind using against a left-hander. But with the with the pitching matchup being switched, I mean, if you look at, you know, Tanner Rourke going for Washington, you know, D. Gordon's probably in a good spot on the, on the top of that order. 
uh, left-handed bat going up against Rourke. I think he's in a decent place. I like Kristen Yelich. He's okay. Uh, Justin Bohr, another guy who's got some power against right-handers, hit a couple home runs last year. I think he had like a 360 Woba against right-handed pitching and a, and an ISO score in the two in the low 200. So you know he's somebody with power and that makes a lot of contact. John Carlos Stanton always has to be in play. His power plays at any park against any pitcher, any handedness. I mean, you know, the home run he hit the other night was just—it was just Outrageous. a bomb. It was, yeah. yeah, it was just a bomb. And he'll hit um, ten more like that this season too. Oh yeah, he and I, and that's the thing. It's like when he hits a home run, it's not like—is it going to go out? It's like right off the bat, it sounds like a shot out of a cannon, and mm-hmm. you know, usually lands fifteen, twenty rows up in the bleachers. So. You know, I still think his power is going to be able to play anywhere. So you can look at him, too. You know, on the other side against Connolly, um, really like Michael Taylor now, who's leading off for them. Ben Revere got hurt in the first game of the season. Taylor was the guy that people were talking about as a, you know, potential leadoff guy and somebody who has the ability to maybe go like 20-20 or 15-20. And now that uh, Revere's hurt, he's basically taken over and slotted right into that leadoff spot. So you want to look at the right-handed bats to go up against a guy like Conley. So Michael Taylor, Anthony Rendon. Um, you know, I don't trust Worth and Zimmerman. I don't know how you feel about those guys, but they just – they, they look like shells of their former selves, of the guys who, who, you know, were playing a couple years ago that got these big contracts to put them where they are right now. And then, I mean, Harper last year, even against lefties, was okay, but it's obviously not his preferred split. And the same thing kind of goes for Daniel Murphy. He hits much better against right-handed pitching. So I'm kind of off of those two guys. But I think guys like Taylor, who's pretty cheaper in play, you know, I haven't really paid up for Rendon, but I know a lot of people are expecting a bounce-back year out of him. So those would probably be the two guys that I would look to target most. You, you read my mind there, man. Uh, Rendon, uh, not that expensive for at least the upside. I think it was at 2800 on FanDuel yesterday. So, you know, you're paying for him, but not near that top end type stuff. And he he did uh, get caught stealing a couple days ago, which even though he got caught, it was nice to see him running to see that, you know, trust in his health that he's going to try and steal some bases. So I, I like Renan in that matchup a lot. I think that's a great call. Uh, Taylor, obviously going to be low priced, filling in, wasn't expected to be in the lineup. Um, so that that's a really nice play as well. And again, I think he can give you a lot of what Ben Revere would have given you in that spot. Uh, outside of those two guys, uh, I also, I, I think Yelich is a decent play. He hasn't hit so much to start the season, obviously a very small sample size, but uh, I do like him to break out this year. I think that's a nice matchup for him as well. Uh, outside of that, I think you're right. D Gordon, you pay for the speed. It's all right, you know, but there's, there's not much there. I think Wilson Ramos maybe as a, uh, a low-end catcher option versus the lefty, but really not too much going on there outside of those guys. Uh, and again, as we said, rounding out, now officially ran, rounding out the uh, day slate, we've got a 435 start out in San Francisco as the, the Dodgers head to town, uh, AOS, NL West matchup. Uh, again, Alex Wood versus Jake Peavy. It's, it's kind of scary when you're looking at the list of pitchers and Jake Peavy's one of the better ones on the boards. Right. At this stage in his career, that's very, uh, it's, it's know, alarming. Very it's alarming. Yeah. It's a really ugly list. And, and at the end, we'll give some pitcher plays, but um, wh- who are you like in this Dodgers giants showdown? Yeah. Well, looking at Alex Woods numbers from last year, he gave up like a two ninety batting average had like a, a one sixty whip. So he was pretty bad against right-handed bats. So looking at the San Francisco giants, the two guys that kind of stand out right away would be uh, Buster Posey, Hunter Pence. 
Um, you know, two of the better right-handed bats they have up towards the top of that order. So I think both of those guys are in there. Posey is somebody that I definitely want to have some exposure to. But, again, this game is in San Francisco. Not really a great hitter's ballpark. You know, not really a ballpark that we try to, you know, go after and target guys in. So, for me, those are probably the only two guys over on, um, you know, the giant side that I'm looking at. And then there's something kind of interesting that I noticed when I was looking at PV's numbers from last year. He was actually really tough on left-handed bats mm. and not very good against right-handed bats. So right-handed bats in a you know righty-on-righty matchups are actually the ones who had done better than him, better against him last season. So first glance at it, I thought, oh, I should write down guys like you know the lefties up at the top of the order, the you know uh, Chase Utley's, the yeah the Seegers, the 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 Adrian Gonzalez's. But looking at the numbers with him struggling righty on righty, Justin Turner was probably one of the oh best righty on righty hit. Yeah, he was great it's last unbelievable. year. Unbelievable! You look at those numbers; it's 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 like antithetical. He's terrible against lefties last year and dominated righties. Really interesting. Yeah, and I mean, you know, three ninety was his wall, but two ten was his ISO score against righties. Not usually what you would expect, but there are guys that hit that way. And even Yasiel Puig actually does pretty well against right-handed pitching as well. So I think Puig and Turner are the two guys that I would look at, even though you know most people are going to look at this game right away and say, well, we got a righty on the mound of Peavy. we got to go look at all the left-handed hitters. But I think I'd rather um, you know look at the guys like Turner and, and Puig based on the numbers that I'm looking at. You know, like I said, PV last year gave up. Yeah, let me give you the numbers because it was kind of shocking when I looked at it, and I actually have them right here in a tab. Uh, 271 batting average to right-handed bats with a 123 whip against them and 53 wow. innings worth of work. And then against left-handed bats, he only gave up a 207 batting average with a whip of 1.02, wow. and his uh, ground ball to air out rate was .59, meaning that basically everybody was hitting ground balls off from uh, last year. So. I just think it's interesting that, you know, most guys, you know, you see the reverse splits, guys that are lefties do better against righties and vice versa. But uh, with a guy like Peavy, with the way he's been pitching last year, you know, it seemed to be the kind of the opposite for him. Yeah, it's interesting. Maybe he developed some sort of pitch or he's changed his style. I mean, a lot of times you'll see like uh, a guy who has a good, you know, a tough cutter, like, like Mo Rivera used to be dominant against left-handers and right-handers obviously but because that cutter came in so hard on their hands so uh interesting it's really interesting and i think it's great to point out and i'm with you on this game i would say despite those numbers i think i'd still be interested in Corey seager just because he's oh he's been great yeah yeah he's he's been so so solid so uh I, i could see myself going that route as well but uh justin turner was really when you looked at the matchups the name that kind of jumped off the page to me and also Jay, uh, chase utley minus the righty lefty thing utley you know he's playing howie kendrick hurt he'll be a cheap option and uh you know now it, do you think do you think he's still gonna do you think he's still gonna lead off even against i don't know um, it's a good question see, that, that was the thing that i was a little concerned with whether or not they were going to keep him leading off for they, uh, you know at least the he's foreseeable always done future well against lefties in his career he's never been one of those guys who who, you know, like he was obviously on the Phillies with Ryan Howard, and, and Howard was that guy who was atrocious against lefties but dominated righties. Mm-hmm. Ugly was always pretty even, so I, I don't think the matchups, you know, lefty-righty matter quite as much for Utley. Makes sense. So, all right, before we get in the night slate, Benny, uh, real quick, 
MLB season is here, and that means that fantasy daily fantasy baseball is back. Uh, you can go to FanDuel.com. Building a team is easy. Just pick your player, stand the cap, and sit back tonight and watch your team win. Entry fees start at just $1. Anyone can play. You might want to be wise about how you pick your pitchers today, which we'll get to because, man, it's ugly. Uh, but join over one million other users who have already won money. It's never too late to join. Come play with me every day over at FanDuel.com. Go to FanDuel.com and click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use my promo code RWPOD. That's RWPOD. And sign up now. Special offer to new users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $25 deposit. You must sign up with my promo code again, RWPOD. That's over $60 in value for just $25. That's, that's a deal. Don't forget to use my code RWPOD. FanDuel.com, where every day is a new season. That's FanDuel, F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Sign up today. All right, Benny, let's power through these four night games. I think probably the most appealing game of the day from an offensive perspective, or at least one of the two, has to be the Red Sox heading into Cleveland. Uh, who you like in this? Joe Kelly, obviously not particularly exciting from the Boston end, but Danny Salazar, I think, clearly the, the most exciting pitching option on the board today. Yeah, he's probably going to be the top guy that I look at. He has the strikeout potential. Not too many of these other guys do. You know, that Boston lineup is okay, but it's not, you know, the the murderer's row that it had been in years past. I mean, anytime you have a right-handed pitcher going up against Boston, you always got to look at, you know, Big Poppy. He's a guy that, you know, can still get it done. I think he hit a home run either the first or second game already. So, yeah, you know, he popped Opening his cherry. Day. Yeah, he popped the cherry on this season right away. You know, I don't know how the guy still does it other than the <laughs> steroids. <laughs> but, um you know, he's uh, he's been hitting home runs for a long time, and he's been knocking in runs, and, you know, he, he's still a very good player. So I think that you got to look at him. But I'm not really looking to target too many bats against, you know, Salazar. Like I said, he is one of the better pitchers on the mound. And then even for Cleveland, as much as I'd like to target against Joe Kelly, you know, Brantley is one of their best hitters, and he's out right now. I guess you can look at Kipnis on top of the order, left-handed bat going up against right-handed pitching. He's always hit right as well his entire career. You know, the problem is he's a little bit expensive. Last year, he seemed to have warning track power and not be able to get the home runs. He did have a ton of doubles last year, so he was still roping the ball like he always does and making good contact. But without the home runs, it's tough for me to pay up for a second baseman that really doesn't have big home run power there. So, you know, those are some of the guys that kind of stand out to me. But I really don't think this game is going to be as high scoring as other people do mostly because I think Cleveland's offense is a little weak right now without Brantley, and I think Salazar is one of the better pitchers, so I don't expect uh, Boston to light him up for 10 runs. Yeah, I think those are all strong points. I don't really have anything too much to add. Uh, Travis Shaw's a third-base option. It isn't mm-hmm. too bad for a cheap guy. He's in the lineup. Kipnis was really the only Indian I was looking at. Maybe Rajai Davis if he's in the lineup for a little speed, but... Really, uh, I agree with you from the Indians' perspective. Not a lot offensively to get excited about. Uh, though Carlos Santana does hit right-handed pitching well. Homered mm-hmm. yesterday. Uh, so maybe that's a name depending on the price you take a look at. Uh, all right. And, uh, again, we'll get to Salazar a little bit more in a sec. But uh, uh, three more games to go. Starting at 7.05 here, we have the Twins heading to Baltimore to take on the Orioles, Phil Hughes versus Ubaldo. Uh, who who you like in this one, Ben? 
I like everybody in this game. <laughs> I think that I, I think that there's going to be Phil Hughes is an extreme fly ball pitcher, and Camden Yards that's not a good thing. Uh, it's a bad so, thing. Yeah, very, very bad thing. So, I mean, obviously the guy who stands out the most, if you just look straight at the numbers, probably going to be Chris Davis. He's a guy that absolutely smashes right-handed pitching. Um, let me look right here because I had the numbers down here. 410 Woba last year, 350 ISO. So that's a huge, huge number for him. Uh, also like Manny Machado. Machado's a guy who's very good righty-on-righty matchups. 384 Woba last season, uh, 232 ISO in righty-on-righty matchups. Still hitting on top of that order. So he's somebody else that's in play. They're the two guys from Baltimore that I really want to have on my team. You know, I am, as a for, as a Yankees fan with Phil Hughes being a former Yankee, I've watched this guy get blown up enough uh, in, in Camden Yards as well against the Orioles back in the day. So, I mean, I think you can basically look at anybody that's got a little bit of pop on this Baltimore team. I think they're all going to be in play. I, I would say almost the same thing for the Twins with, uh, you know, Ubaldo Jimenez going up there. He's a guy that throws hards, can strike people out. The problem that I have with him is, you know, who do you really want to take on this Twins team? I mean, Miguel Sano is somebody who has done well in righty-on-righty matchups last year. He had, a, you know, a pretty decent season since his call-up last season. Um, let me see. I got his numbers here as well. I think he had like a 380 Woba, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, 397 Woba and a 273 ISO score in righty-on-righty situations. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, you know, like I said, he's somebody that can hit from that side. But other than that, I mean, you look at the left-handed bats that you'd want to target. You know, Joe Maurer, yeah, Joe Maurer is great, but at this point in his career, all he's doing is hitting singles. So there's really not a lot of upside. For a cash game, I'd be okay with it, but, you know, you're probably not getting a home run out of him, even in a pretty good matchup here. You know, some of the other guys like, uh, you know, Escobar and, you know, there, there's just really not a lot in this Twins lineup that I'm all that excited about. So for me, it's basically, um, you know, maybe Sano on the Twins side. And then on the Baltimore side, I really like Chris Davis, really like Manny Machado. I uh, think you can stack up a couple guys on the Baltimore side because I have a feeling that uh, Phil Hughes is going to get lit up in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. The only uh, name I would add on the Minnesota side is Byron Buxton. Shouldn't be too expensive. You worry about him actually getting on base, but righty-lefty matchup with Ubaldo, and, and if he can get on base, he's going to run. So I think there's a potential for some cheap speed there. Uh, and, and one name you didn't mention on the Baltimore side who I like as a cheap second base option is Jonathan Scope. Uh, mm -hmm. Obviously, a lot of pop last year at 15 homers in, in 82 games, um, and has been mu was much better versus right-handed pitching as well. And 892 OPS against righties, so I think Scope is a nice little kind of you know cheaper second base option where you might luck out and get a homer out of it or something. Uh, moving on, two games left. I, I said before the Indians, Red Sox, but this actually might have the most offensive talent on the board. Uh, Cubs heading into Arizona as the Cubs continue their run to end the 108 years of misery. Uh, John Lackey versus Robbie De La Rosa. What do you think about this one, Benny? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of De La Rosa, so I'm I'm on board with a lot of these guys up top there for the Cubs. Yeah, I you know, think you I, just say start the Cubs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally almost everybody there. You know, even though he's a right-hander, Chris Bryant actually hits a little bit better last season uh, in righty-on-righty matchups. You know, Anthony Rizzo, the lefty, definitely in play. You know, guys like Zobris, guys like Hayward. You know, I mean, I, I think all, you know, all those guys are in play. So, like you said, you know, ho however many 
Cubs I'm allowed to start, I'll probably try to max that out in some of my tournament lineups because I think that in a good hitter's ballpark like Arizona is, they can put up some numbers. And then on the other side of that game, you know, Paul Goldschmidt, doesn't really matter what handedness of pitcher he's going up against. Nope. That's a guy that just mashes the ball. A huge fan of David Peralta this year, especially with him batting cleanup right now behind Goldie. I think he's somebody that's in play. You know, Gene Segura has actually had a really good start to the season. You know, not exactly the matchup that you would want for him, but the thing I like about him is he's still pretty cheap on most sites. He's got a home run upside. He also has stolen base upside. He can score some runs. He can get a couple hits. I mean, this guy had like a huge season in Milwaukee two or three seasons ago, and then for some reason last year he was just pretty bad, and they kind of gave up on him. But I think there's enough talent there that he's another guy I want to look at. So really like Peralta, really like Goldie on that side. On the Cubs side, I mean, I basically like everybody on that order, especially the middle of that order in this game. Um, I definitely agree with you. I think we're going to see some runs here. Yeah, me too, big time. Only two names you didn't mention. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, obviously a monster mm. against right, or right-handed pitching. Uh, and then on the Arizona side, uh, just from a, a – you know, don't really know a ton about him, but Socrates Brieto, uh, yeah, he's, he's, be starting he's cheap and righties. yeah, cheap and he can run. Yeah. So, so there could be something and, and there. he's hitting second in that order too. Yep. So hitting in front of Goldsmith, he's going to see a lot of good pitches. Gus, they're going to want, they're going to want to get him out and not have him on base when Goldie comes up. All right, Benny. And we're rounding it out. We'll, we'll get, we'll get everyone out of here with our last calls here. Rangers, angels, uh, Derek Holland against Hector Santiago, battle of the lefties who stands out here. Yeah, I actually like Santiago, so I'm not really looking at, at too much on the Rangers side. The one guy who does well on the Rangers against lefty is uh, Adrian Beltre, so he's probably the top option. Um, for the Rangers side of it all, you know, he's probably the only guy I'd use. I wouldn't mind going after Derek Holland, but again, there's not a lot of guys on that L.A. Uh, Angels lineup that I really like. Obviously, Trout is in play. You know, Pujols actually does better in righty-on-righty matchups, but he hits lefties as well, so he he's an all-right option. But, I mean, they've been starting, like, Daniel Nava and, you know, Escobar on top of that order. And then, you know, hitting fifth is, like, Cole Calhoun, lefty-on-lefty, not really a big fan of him. So, really, outside of Trout and maybe Pujols, there is nothing else that I think I will ever use for this entire season on that Angels team. Yeah, I'm with you there, and, and totally agree with what you said about the Rangers. Beltre, definitely one of my top plays tomorrow. Uh, and Elvis Andrews, not the best play ever, but righty-lefty may run a little, so uh, potentially an okay play. It's short. All right, uh, uh, Benny, quickly before we get out of here, we've already kind of mentioned Danny Salazar, probably the top pitcher on the board. Uh, you just mentioned the guy that I liked uh, as the, the kind of cheaper option is Hector Santiago. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, heavy left-handed lineup for the Rangers. Uh, Santiago OPS over 120 points lower against lefties than righties last year. K rate up, walk rate down two years in a row. So I think if I had to pick a pitcher play today, it'd probably be Santiago. Yeah, I'm actually 100% on board with that. He's the guy that I've been looking at early on. Had a had a up and down season last year. There were times last year where this guy looked dominant, and then there were other times where it looked like he didn't know what he was doing out there. But I agree with you with the Rangers. When you look at their lineup, other than Adrian Beltre, there's not a lot of guys that scare you. You know the other big bats, Sinsu Chu and and Fielder. You know these are left-handed oh, hitters lefties, who don't yeah. hit. A, yeah, Oder they don't hit as well. Lefty Moreland, a lot of lefties in that lineup. Yeah, so I think it'll be a pretty good spot for Santiago. So like you said. The first day of the year, we got all the aces going, and you can basically take anybody you want. By the fourth or fifth game, yeah, you're down to the fourth or fifth starters on all these teams. So, 
You know, yeah. we don't have a Clayton Kershaw or, uh, you know, Felix Hernandez or whatever other stud you want going yeah. tonight. So you're going to have to get a little creative. And I, and I think what I like to do on nights like this is, you know, Salazar is probably going to be the biggest strikeout guy. Look, look for guys that can strike people out. You know, Santiago has some strikeout potential. You know, Ruby De La Rosa, as much as I think he'll get lit up, he's got a little bit of strikeout potential. Even you know, those. Yeah, even Lackey, even even like maybe a, a, a Fires over there. Yeah, you know, a late those... toast against a bad A-slam. I agree. Yeah. I think that you're going to have to get creative here, but I think we both agree that Santiago, at least of the where he'll be priced, I think I like him a lot more than those other guys in that range. Uh, Benny, this has been a blast, man. Thank you. We're going to be back tomorrow as well doing the same thing. Hopefully a better slate of pitchers to talk about tomorrow. But, uh, Benny, thank you again. Uh, I'm James Seltzer. Uh, this has been the Rotowire DFS podcast for April 7th. Good luck. Go win some money. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.